Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey guys, it's it's Dave DeVito. Um, I'm just coming here to say uh, that I love the Fallout app, and I would like to tell you about the service that they use to make this podcast. It's called Anchor. The best thing about Anchor is it's free. You don't have to pay anything. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Now, you can even add songs from Spotify directly to the episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can now make money for your podcast with very little, uh, minimum, little, little, little listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks, guys. Your attention, please. Your attention, please. This is your official civil defense broadcaster. One of the greatest threats would be radioactive fallout. Uranium fever. Where fallout is heaviest, it can even kill those who have not taken proper shelter. Broadcasting deep underground in a questionably constructed survivalist bunker is Dave Chaffins and Kenneth Vigue, and your host as always, Mr. Robots. This episode of the Fallout Hub is brought to you by Sugar Bombs. Sugar Bombs! Who needs teeth anyway? Is that the vault door? It sounds like something's kicking at somebody else. What? What? Is a, what? Is that a, I am here. That's a super mutant. Get get the laser rifled. This place comes with its own super mutants. What what is going on right now? I, I know it. Win. Again! <laughs> I'm, I'm getting out of here. Uh, uh, wait. Hello? He took off his what the head? Oh my hello? god! Oh my god! That's Wes Johnson. One, am I the only one here for the costume party? Hello? 
Oh my god! It's Wes Where Johnson. did you get that costume? Oh, I hey, um, sorry, you guys are here. Uh, I was just looking for uh, Tim. I was supposed to be here for the costume party. This was the uh, last address I had for him. Um, I guess I'm early. Uh, yeah, yeah. sure, sure. Huh? Yeah, come on, come on in. I'm, I'm. All right. Uh, I'm, should I put? Rob- I put the hit back on. <laughs> you can you can take it off. I bet it's hot in there. It <laughs> you is. don't have to wear Man, it. I um, got to tell you, this is pretty steamy. I think the last person who wore this uh, was a ghoul. So, well, I bet it smells good. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> like bacon. This. So Something yeah, come burnt. on, in. grab a hey, seat. Uh, right. So you, I guess you and you and Tim are, are good old friends. So uh, well, just, yeah, you know, you know, I haven't we've been out of touch for a little while, but this is the last uh, address I had, and, and this is kind of a standing thing. The you know, the, the party, the costume party, and and it's kind of Mardi Gras time in uh, many parts of the country, and uh, I figured why not in Appalachia, right? Yeah, yeah, Absolutely, sounds yeah. sounds great. Well, yeah, we're uh, we're kind of just hanging out, helping get things ready, but we got some time. This is this is Ken. I'm Tom. Uh, Hi, Ken. Tom. Yeah, how nice are you? Awesome. Yeah, we're, we're big fans. We we love. Oh man, you're the different characters you've played over the years uh, in the g- different games. Uh, we'd love to just kind oh, of thanks. pick your brain and ask some questions and find out more. Well, go right ahead, lad. Tell me what you want to say. What do you got? What questions do you have? Awesome. Oh, so by the way, we're also... Uh, see the console over here? The, the red light's on. We're, we're kind of doing a podcast recording, so you're going to be... Oh, that would have been nice cool? enough before I came in a super mutant outfit. Uh, yeah, oh, okay. no, but it was totally cool. The, the listeners are going to love it. Yeah, and I'm... Yeah, it'll be fine, I'm sure. All right. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to strip out of this, too, man, because really it does smell a bit like bacon, but irradiated bacon is no good. Right. No, okay. you got clothes on under there, right? Oh yeah, oh, okay, yeah, good, good. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. If um, not, I think there's some followers of the apocalypse robes over here. Yeah, uh, there's plenty of those. I don't know why those are all they, in there. They've been washed. <laughs> was that from uh, the last party? I think it was. Yeah, this smells a little stale. Great. Okay. Well, it's got to be better than uh, than old gob. So, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Old Cobb. So, uh, yeah, I don't know where Tim is, and there was somebody else I was supposed to be here, wasn't he? Yeah, he's, I guess, uh, you know, he was checking one of the areas that we haven't really explored very well. I have a feeling he may have, have like, fallen through. There was a hole back there. I think there might be a whole ah. lower floor. We might have to go check on him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what do you tell him? You tell him that I'm sorry I missed him. And the next time he doesn't show up, I'll skip rope with his entrail. Yeah, we will definitely let him know that. I'm sure he's kicking himself right now and probably screaming for our help to get back out of the uh, hole he fell down. So, well, we'll have to go find we've him. all been there, haven't we? So, so to our listeners, you guys, uh, Wes Johnson, if you are not familiar with the name, you, I'm sure, are familiar with some of the characters he's played throughout the years. Uh, all the way back in Oblivion, if you played through Elder Scrolls for Oblivion, Lucian Lachance... The Gray Fox. And if you uh, got off the boat in Morrowind, I would have met you and said, Oh, yes, we've been expecting you. Come right in. Well, there you go. Yeah, some of our audience <laughs> yes. will remember Morrowind. That's that's true. Yes. That's awesome. Uh, Sheogorath, of course, one of your fan favorite characters. Um, and then from the Fallout series, you've got Fox, uh, Scribe Bigsley, Sparky. Yeah. Um, the Protectrons, the uh, soup, the, the, the sentry bots, uh, there was uh, the silver shroud. Yeah, I was, I was Mister Burke. I want you to blow the cesspool off the map. 
Yes, yes. There's that. Now, if, if you were a female character, if you're playing as a female character, you might have recognized me a bit more because of uh, the love notes he would have ended up sending to you. Ooh. I never played through as a female. What? Fallout 3? <laughs> yeah. I don't know that I played a female My wife did. Um, You've been flirting with my wife. <laughs> well, and it was lovely. It was lovely, I have to tell you. <laughs> Well, thanks. She's she's a very lovely person. So, um, so every time we have a guest on the show, we we go through a quick twenty questions, and the 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 idea here is don't think too hard, just kind of answer. Well, that'll be easy enough. <laughs> all right, all right. So, you ready? Yeah. All right. Here we go. Start it off. What's your favorite dinosaur? Oh well, Tyrannosaurus Rex, who can Good never choice. scratch his own back. <laughs> That's very <laughs> true. Sad little arms. <laughs> yeah. All right. What do you think is the worst way to die? Death. Death I think, itself. I think uh, murder by death is terrible. Uh, I would I would imagine there are lots of bad ways to die, but mostly I think uh, the worst would probably be uh, hmm, getting trapped in an elevator with. Uh, oh my. Weird. Well, I, there are so many things. Put put put, put the the person you hate the most uh, being trapped in an elevator with them, and then having slowly starved to death while listening to them. I think that's a, that's a terrible way to go. Mm, that does sound pretty uh, terrible. Unless you eat them, in which case you know you'd live for a little while longer. True, but uh, those same people have been leaving a bad taste in your mouth for years. Do you really want to go there? <laughs> that's true. Or maybe that's just the the right poetic way to go out. <laughs> yeah. No, the worst way to go out, I guess, would be getting being the person eaten in the elevator. Mm. Ooh, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. All right. Especially if they're going like, okay, listen, uh, we're just going to start with the leg. I'm going to let you live for a while. <laughs> right. <laughs> just cut off a little bit by bit and then, yeah. All right. So, so this segues really well to our third question. If you could eat only one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Mm, pot roast, which is what I had for dinner tonight. Oh, good call. But it has to be good pot roast. Fall off the fork, just so tender pot roast. Not the kind that people say is pot roast, and then you're like, you boiled your shoe, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tastes kind of like that leg of that terrible guy. Exactly ate. right. Yeah, yeah. All right, number four. Would you rather own a dragon or be a dragon? Hmm probably own a dragon because you know you have all the powers of the dragon if the dragon is your friend and does your bidding and you know you don't have to worry about trying to get into small doors mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i can imagine cleaning up dragon poo is quite the task well what you do is you just have them fly over your friend's house in their car <laughs> the guy and then you it's hate. not your responsibility is it that's one thing they never saw in game of thrones is where you know the mother of dragons was like, well, I'm not going to kill you, but I am going to severely mess up your ride. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, everyone's worried about dragon fire coming down from the heavens, but dragon Well, food. yeah. Mm. The, other, the other way around, I mean, that burns too. Yeah. Yeah. If you, first you poop on it, then you burn it. <laughs> yeah. Give them a few minutes to marinate, and that's, uh, well, that's the secret of any cooking, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Next question. How many zombies have you killed in your life? How many zombies have I killed? You know, counting the ones in the airport today? Um, sure. Oh. 
I would say a plethora. Is that a good that's measurement a, term? That's a, that's a plethora. A great answer. That is. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, if you were on death row, is another food question. What would your last meal be? Mm, last meal on death row. All you could eat pasta. <laughs> so you just can't ever get killed. You just have to keep eating. Yeah, you keep serving, baby. <laughs> keep serving. <laughs> get it delivered from Olive Garden. You get those uh, endless soup, salad, and breadsticks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're hoping you'll fill up on the breadsticks, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> Totally. He yeah. fills up on the breadsticks, and that's the end of him. <laughs> Make them carry me to the electric chair. <laughs> no, I can eat another. I promise. That's that's called reheating your food right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you have pot roast. Yeah, exactly. You are pot roast. You are. You are pot roast. All right. What's the last thing you did for the first time? Ooh. <laughs> Probably uh, attended Mardi Gras here in uh, Galveston. Uh-huh. Yeah, although we're not really attending Mardi Gras, but our window's right next to the street, and the music is so loud coming in uh, when they're playing it, and we're we're imagining that's going to be our three a.m. But that that's the last first thing. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like Mardi Gras is attending you. I <laughs> it, it does it does you can feel it reverberating to your soul. Mm. Mm. Okay. What's your favorite smell? Ooh, my favorite smell, baby's hair. Oh, oh yeah, baby, the baby head smell. Now, 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 a close second, by the way, is freshly ground coffee bean. I'm glad you didn't say freshly ground babies. <laughs> Ooh, man, I hadn't even thought of that. So, Lucy and the Chance would love the freshly ground babies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what can you talk about for hours? Hmm. Well, anything. I'm a chatty Kathy. Sort of like Lucian was when he came back from the dead. I can be a bit of a chatty Kathy. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, I love to talk about Doctor Who. Get me on Doctor Who. We've oh, got 50 no. years of history to go on, and I can talk about any of that. A fellow Whovian. Ah, yes. Favorite I, doctor, Tom Baker? Yes, absolutely. Yep. A friend of mine came back from England with a gift for me, and it was an autographed photo of Tom Baker. It was I was speechless. He's still uh, he's still doing stuff with Big Finish, and uh, it's it's awesome still hearing well, him play the role. He, he sounds just as young as ever in most of them. There's a few of them where he sounds tired and phones it in. But then again, there were a couple episodes along the way that Tom did that as well, and we just didn't care because he was Tom Baker. Yeah, he talk about lighting up a, a room. He has such an amazing personality. Oh, he was he was amazing, and he still is amazing, and he really does believe that he's still the doctor, no matter uh, what. Yep. You can't <laughs> convince him otherwise, and you probably can't convince me otherwise. Uh, the, the, the day of the doctor, he showed up again. Surprised by that. Yeah, that was great, where he's the curator. He's reprising yes. that role. He is going to reprise the curator? He is. They uh, Big Finish just announced that today. They're going to do an episode with Paul McGann on Big Finish with him as the curator, where uh, Paul McGann is as the Doctor is trapped on Earth. So they have to team up together, the uh, Paul McGann Doctor and then the future Tom Baker Doctor. Well, that's wonderful. Well, yeah. That sounds like some timey-wimey stuff right there. <laughs> timey-wimey, very. We revisit just a <laughs> few of the old favorites. <laughs> yes, exactly. 
All right, let's, uh, uh, let's we have a lot to do. Let's keep going because we're only about halfway through the list. So let's yeah, you, you asked me what I could talk about forever. And yeah, me on that, and then we're never going to stop. <laughs> yeah, I could talk about that forever. All right, uh, what's your most favorite animal in the world? My chai weenie. Your chai weenie? That's a great. That's a yes. great name. I'm assuming that's a dog. <laughs> it is a dog. It's a cross between a dachshund and a chihuahua. She's the sweetest thing. Her name is Cosette. We call her Cozy. Except uh, she's really sweet and nice with us, but if she's in the car and somebody walks up the door, she becomes Cujo instantly. That's that's awesome. All right, would you rather lose an arm or a leg? Oh, my. Probably a leg. You can always get a good, nice replacement leg, but uh, getting the arms to do what you want, you get those replaced. Although, you know, a hook's rather intimidating on the Metro. You're trying to get a seat, isn't it? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it is true. Yes. Uh, if you were a kitchen appliance, which one would you be? Melon baller. <laughs> I love that he didn't think about that. <laughs> You're like, I've known the answer to this question my whole life. I just have never I've been, been asked it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, where would no one expect to find the bodies? <laughs> where would no In the one elevator? <laughs> Yeah, probably. Oh, they they find them all right. That door would open. Be like, oh my god! Um, where would they not look? Hmm. In the mulch. Hmm. That's a good one. All right, here's a tough one. If you could shoot one condiment from your belly button, which would it be? <laughs> what? Well, it would have to be mayonnaise, just for the consternation it would cause. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yes, that would be pretty messed up looking. <laughs> what song do you want to be played at your funeral? Uh, what a wonderful world! Oh, like a classic, classic, uh, Louis. Yeah, version. it has to be Louis. It has to be Louis. Yeah, yeah. yeah only Louis. I see trees of green. I see trees red roses too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can only do that when I'm sick. <laughs> it's all. It's all like in the throat. Yeah. Uh, where do nobody you ever nobody ever picks Barry White for some reason, and he's got that thing going. You know, you, they don't want to see the coffin there and your waxy face, and it's like, we got to go going, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and let's get it on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got uh, of all right. Four, four more questions left. Where did you hide the body? Hmm? Oh, where did I hide the body? <laughs> uh, over at... Uh, Mm. I'd say Lowe's. <laughs> Lowe's. Yeah. Nobody can find anything at Lowe's. That's a very good, valid point. Good answer. Good answer. Um, third to last. Do you want to build yeah. a snowman? Absolutely. Just not in the yard that has a dog that the people don't pick up after. <laughs> Too many charcoal eyes everywhere. It's like you're making a Hermaeus more, a stinky Hermaeus more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, second to last, how awesome are your pajamas? My pajamas are the best. <laughs> I got That's the, the I got answer. the flannel kind of uh, <laughs> overshirt that hangs down like a, like a, an Ebenezer Scrooge kind of thing. Although yeah. it looks like Scrooge slash lumberjack, and then the uh, <laughs> the flannel pants that go with it, and it's awfully comfy. People come to the door and they don't even mind you're still in the jammies. You're just like, oh, you look comfortable. So, you know, yeah. Perfect. Last question. 
On a scale from one to ten, what's your favorite color? Mmm. Infinity. Brilliant, brilliant. Bonus question. How do we get a, a, a job working for Bethesda <laughs> doing voice stuff? <laughs> no, you don't have to answer that one. But that would be amazing. <laughs> well, well, welcome welcome to the show. It, you know, it's grown different over the years. It truly has. I started off going through a casting agent, and now it's going through places like Blind Light in Los Angeles. And uh, it really, the it, video game voiceovers have changed a lot over the years. Uh, it truly has. And I yeah. think that it's because the, they're putting more, so much money into the games these days. It's like making a, a movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, very with much multiple there. endings, and that you control yourself. Imagine if you were given a controller and sent into a movie theater, and were able to try to control what you saw up on the screen. First of all, with so many people with controllers, that movie would be a mess. <laughs> yes. Come to think of it, I've been I've seen some movies that it looked like that's exactly what they did. But um, that's <laughs> what video games can provide to you yeah, is totally. a, a, a movie experience, but one that will also keep playing in your head. Let me ask you a question: How many times have you played a game and you think you're going to get in there and play just a little bit of a half an hour? Next thing you know, the birds are chirping. The next morning, your day is completely toast because you spent the entire night up and when you finally do get to sleep you dream in that world oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i've totally. done that with both uh skyrim all of the fallout games and bioshock too to be honest it's it's the best it really yeah. is uh, mm -hmm. i mean and that's but that's what video games are able to tap into they tap into your imagination and they tap into an integration of your theater of in your imagination so much more effectively than a lot of other mediums. Yep. So that, I think, right there is uh, the difference between a, a really a movie or a video game. Yeah, you're, you're preaching to the choir. We are very, very much... Uh, if it comes to playing a game or watching a movie, almost all the time I will play a game. Rather Would than you a like to play a game? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> So, uh, touching back on, you were saying back when you started, how did you get into voice acting? Uh, basically, as a casting agent, I lived in the uh, Washington, D.C. area, and a casting agent uh, called me up there looking for somebody with different voices. Uh, there was a game, Unreal 2. Remember Unreal 2? Oh, yeah. 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 If, you, if you killed anybody in Unreal 2, it was probably me. Uh, when you're... You've died you're a mass people. <laughs> That's all I was. I know other people who actually got to play characters in that game. My good friend Jeff Baker was one of them. Uh, they got actual characters in the game. Me, they said, we just need you to die over and over again. Uh, it's the same kind of experience as, you know, what ex-girlfriends would say. But you, know, you go in, and they basically they set this thing up so that you're, you're, you get, this time you're getting a... Uh, burned to death okay you've just been stabbed okay you're getting your head cut off uh this is an explosion and you have to crawl away so you're for four hours just dying and you're in your voice slowly dying as well the entire time but that was my first experience was just dying the deaths of over 200 people in uh, unreal 2 uh i basically was the equivalent uh, of the wilhelm scream for that yeah <laughs> and so they yeah. started calling me for other things and uh I did get a call for Morrowind. 
And I showed up for Morrowind, and they brought me uh, the uh, photograph of just one of the characters that we were voicing, and that was uh, Socius Ergala, who was the guy who got you off the boat, who was an older, wizardy kind of guy. Um, and uh, I based the voice on that. What I didn't realize at the time was that was going to become the entire race. So the entire race sounded like old, bald men. Uh, and... <laughs> I believe Todd Howard was actually directing at the time, uh, the voice acting. Wow. That. And I was like, well, what do I, when we went to the battle sounds, and that's the thing, you save your battles and your deaths for last, because that does take a toll on the voice. Sure. So I'm saying, how do these guys fight? It's like, well, you know, they're wizards, they're not very, they're their feet, they're not uh, really battle hardened. I said, oh, okay, so do you think they, you know, scream like a little bitch when they got hit with a sword? Yes, so. That's what I was doing. I'd be getting hit with a broadsword. Oh, 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 stop. Oh. You know, people started playing, and they pick out Breton to play with, and suddenly they don't like the fact that their character is screaming and whining uh, when they're getting hit with a sword. They're like, my mage is more manly than that. So um, I, it was the first time I ever ran across a Reddit page where people were like, we're building a whole mod to replace Wes Johnson's voice. So that oh, was no. Nice. Yeah, because they wanted it to be more manly. But it's Todd's um, fault. He told me to be a wuss. Well, well, it's funny because the whole race thing was it continued on through Oblivion at first, and I played the uh, Imperials in that one. And the Imperials were a different kind of thing, but midway through, the casting director, uh, or not the voice director, and he casted me was uh, uh, Mark Lampert. And he says, this guy's a little more evil. He's a little different. Maybe we should play him a little bit differently. That was the beginning of the whole change for me. And suddenly, Lucy and the chance of the dark hood was born, dear child of Sithis. And he was great. I loved playing him. And suddenly he's just out of lines. I had no idea why until I played and found myself hanging an Apple Watch. Spoilers. But <laughs> yeah, on an old game at this point. <clears throat> yeah, but uh, you know, that was uh, the first time to do a character that was a little bit different than all the rest of the races, and it was received so well that when we did the um, the Shivering Isles expansion, suddenly there were a lot more voices and a lot more different characters, and I did play about eight to nine people in the expansion. Including Shea Gorath, uh, Dias, uh, uh, the one of the uh, executioners, Hermnus Columnus, the suicide guy, but they all had voices. And to me, the best thing is to do a different character and a different voice, and nobody knows you're doing the same thing. Yeah, that yeah. I love because well, like, immersion in a video game is the most important thing. What I was telling you about when you play the game and you're so into the world that it, you dream it. If you ruin the immersion with voiceover, uh, that's a true shame. You never want to take anybody out of the game at all, ever. It's just, it's amazing the amount of characters and voices you have done. If, if anyone looks you up, it's just, it's, it's impressive. And, and, and uh, I love, I'm a big fan of uh, Mel Blanc. And Mel Blanc, yeah, the way call. he would develop characters, you know, I got a chance to look at Shagorth and Shagorth was one where they came to me and they said, we're thinking of doing something a little different. They wanted him to be more uh, manic. They wanted him to be all over the place. They wanted him to be scary and funny. And uh, they were saying Robin Williams at first. And I thought, well, Robin's a bit too cuddly. 
you know, to, to beat somebody <laughs> who's scary like that. And I thought, who would be a good, if they want to do a stand-up, and I started thinking about it, and I thought, who would be, who's very funny, and you feel like you could pal around with them and have a beer, but you never want to piss them off, and that's Billy Connolly. And oh, yeah. so the Scottish side of Shea Gorath came from that, but then I thought, it's not enough for him to be Scottish. You know, this is what happens when you give a voice actor a little bit of time to think a character through. Uh, I wanted him to also be Irish because he'd go back and forth between the Scottish and the Irish. And occasionally, you'll note that Shea Gorath will drop his accent altogether, especially when he's angry or malevolent. Right. Yeah. And all of them are yeah. there when he's talking about, uh, you know, the different kinds of foods that he'd like. And he's like, well, perhaps you'd have brain pie. Oh, brain pie! Perfect! <laughs> Care to donate? So you've got all three. You've got the Irish, you've got the Scottish, and then you've got nothing altogether. And I thought that's going to put people off a little bit. It did confuse some of the people in Scotland and Ireland. I'll give you that. Like, where the hell is this guy from? What? But, Why is he? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. having the voices change slightly and subtly and imperceptibly to some, but also the accents and all this and other. Shackworth is none of those things. Every voice that he does is an affectation because he just wants to. Right, right. There's, he's just chaotic by nature. Yeah, and yeah. so he was great, and I loved going back and forth and swinging that pendulum uh, back and forth between a friendly uh, Irish fellow from Cork, Ireland, uh, to the the manic, uh, crazy Scottish, then to you know pulling it almost back altogether, especially. When he starts changing into Jigalag, mm -hmm. again, spoilers. Spoilers. Uh, yeah. He is Jigalag until, of course, he gets the Shea Gorth, the staff of Shea Gorth in your hand, and slowly over the next couple hundred years, no matter what you look like, mantles you into him. Right. Right. Yeah. There's uh, so one of the other shows I do is the Elder Scrolls lore cast, and yeah. getting into that that topic is always fun. Shea Gorth, two of the characters you've played, Shea Gorth and Hermaeus Mora, are probably my two favorite. Daedric princes. Yeah, um, they're mine as well. Because they're twisting the tongue crazy the tongue twister, literally. Yeah, yeah. And and that is a really unique way way to talk for sure. Well, if you do that to people, they're you know they they get very impatient. I've discovered and some people are impatient with Hermaeus Mora, but I think that adds to the creepiness level when you're in a different world. Yeah, agreed. Yes, yes, yeah. Because and I love really yeah. strange world, and he's hovering there over everything, looking over these tomes and shelves, oh, yeah. and books, and well, and you can look over them with millions of eyes and tentacles, and he's shapeless and formless, and yet his, his full uh, visage would blow someone's mind and scare them to death. Uh, I love the guy, and, and uh, I mean, when you get into the, the Fallout world, uh, some of those those characters, too, I just, I adore. I love Mo Cronin. Yeah, uh, yeah you know, talking about getting you guys out, they swing a little hefty hickory, right? <laughs> You're looking for a swatter, and he irritates people. Come back later, kid. I'm busy. They people don't like they they don't like that Mo won't give him the time of day. I remember going on to uh, YouTube. Someone sent this to me, and it's like the title of the video was "Killing Mo Cronin." 
<laughs> and someone decided they wanted to send it to me, and it's basically somebody killing and dismembering Mo Cronin. And yeah, I locked the doors that night. Um, oh. oh, but I love the Silver Shroud. Is great old time radio. That I has love. to be a compliment. Yeah, isn't that a justification that you did a good job? That you get any sort of emotional reaction out of somebody? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, people like even a friend of mine, uh, Craig Seckler, plays the uh, adoring fan who people hate but they love hearing him do the voice they he he launched a million memes and they launched a million <laughs> adoring fans off of clips but uh again it, it, you create a pearl that way i guess a little slight irritant is what creates the pearl in the end right yeah yeah yeah, yeah totally so your first gig with bethesda was morrowind it was Morrowind, yes. And then you, you went on, and you've, you've pretty much been in everything since then, including some of the other uh, smaller side-type projects. I've enjoyed Legends. I've enjoyed doing Blades. Um, yeah. People wondered about uh, Theodore Gorlash until suddenly he showed up sounding just like Shagorath. <laughs> yeah, yes, I, I've, I've dabbled in Blades. I haven't played a ton, but he, he showed up, and I looked at him, and I looked at the name, and I went, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know, I know what's going on here. And then I went and talked to him and went, mm-hmm, yep. <laughs> well, the eyes have it. Look at his eyes. Look at him in the eyes. Tell me he's not lying to you. <laughs> so, um, you've done both high fantasy and apocalypse fantasy. I guess you could say sci-fi type stuff. All of this stuff yeah. is fantasy. And Do all the robots, like- all the protectrons. I love the protectrons. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you feel like there's similarities or differences? Do you have to, like, get in a different mindset to be in each of those worlds? No, because whatever character you're playing, that you're you're embodying whatever their story is. Uh, they, you're, you're trying to inhabit them and bring them to life. So you're not necessarily telling uh, the story of the world when you have a character. You're telling the story of that character. Um, like when we first did the Super Mutants... I was uh, told by Mark again was the director, and when he said, "Try to imagine if a gorilla had been given, you know, the brains to try to communicate, but still was trying to form words through a voice box, a gorilla's voice box that was never to speak." Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that was a very interesting uh, the, the struggles uh, that you have going through it. Uh, I know that. The FEV that my characters, my super mutants went through was a different FEV than the ones that uh, Michael Dorn did. The West Coast FEV was a different uh, FEV than the East Coast, evidently. Right. The so that mutates them into yeah, right, exactly yes. right. Yeah. Right. So they're slight, slightly different, and you've got some of them that are a little more intelligent and a little more human than others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some of some of them who. Uh, yeah, you know, like Fox is different than yeah. the other ones. Yeah, yeah, and I and I've played through. People ask if I play the games. Yeah, I play them a lot. You know, six eight hundred hours in some of these games, and uh, you know, Fox, especially after Broken Steel, becomes nigh invulnerable, and you go out and uh, he takes that laser Gatling gun and just like raises the place, and everybody's <laughs> like about you, and suddenly says something like, "I don't know why people don't." Attack when you're around. It's like, and I'm, and and me as West, just sitting there going, because you killed them all, Fox. They're not attacking because you killed them all. <laughs> you, yeah, 
did your job, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I do talk to my characters sometimes on the screen, but it's it, the thing is when I'm playing the game, I'm the character that I'm playing. I'm not the characters I voice. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. They become somebody else, and I can yell back at them. I get on uh, uh, the spectral spirit in Skyrim, uh, Lucian the Chance's ghost, and it's like, shut up, Lucian. Yes, I do know the tale of Matthew Bellamont. Jeez, get over it. <laughs> I've already been he, through this. Gosh. He carved off your nibbly bits. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> so so you have a diversity here of heroic characters and villainous characters. Do you have a preference? Villain is always a lot more fun to play. Yeah. But, you know, there's something about playing uh, a straight-up heroic character and trying to imbue it with some kind of life. Now, the guards, uh, the guards uh, that I played in uh, some of the Skyrim Oblivion guards were interesting, you know, the Halt criminal scum and all this, because they believe they're always in the right. And remember, every character that you play, even if it's a villain, they are the hero of their own story. Mm -hmm, Lucien right. Lachance was the hero of his own story. And well, yet, I mean, he's like the hero of like everything. Yeah, he's Dark Brotherhood, so you know. You sleep rather soundly for a murder. <laughs> you know, try waking somebody up with that once or twice. <laughs> they don't that's, respond well. That's, that's or how I get my wife up. that way. That's that's how I get my wife up in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. D i v o r c e, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, she's a big fan. She loves it. She loves it. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, he would he would wake me up every morning, Your Honor, and uh, say I slept soundly for. The jury's like, ooh, yeah, in a creepy, creepy, scary guy voice from a, <laughs> from a video game we both played. Yeah. Well, at, at conventions, when I go out to conventions, I can do Shea Gorath, I can do Super Mutant, all these things in loud places. But in order to do the voice of Lucian, you have to sidle up to somebody. So if you're pulling up next to them and coming over to their ear, and you're whispering, "The Night Mother loves you," in their ear. <laughs> Oh you know God. their their flesh is going to crawl like the squid. Just it's ASMR from hell. Yeah, <laughs> hell SMR. <laughs> oh. So when you're playing, that's a different experience. Like you're saying, you're, yeah, you're, you're you're embodying the character you're playing. Do you exactly most people right. most people try to be the good guy, but in these games, you don't always have to be. Do you? Well, you want to be. You don't. Here's the thing. How do you approach Even it? if I like to try to keep my regular main game as a good guy, a decent guy, but every once in a while, especially when I'm getting to the end of my game and I'm tired, uh, I will save and murder the entire town. <laughs> I know they'll all be back tomorrow when I bring it back up again and I don't know whether they have a residual uh, resentment with their AI as they're staring at you, but uh, it seems like they'd be a little less sassy the next day. I had a like a Westworld thing. I slaughtered on. everybody, uh, but we're here, I guess. Uh, maybe I just won't throw uh, an Enwa at him this time. I, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, and Fallout Three—that was the game I started in after like the fourth irritating quest from Moira. Uh, yeah. I finally decided, okay, you know what? I'm going to Tempenny Tower, and I'm going to blow this place off the face of the planet. I did that after saving as well, and you come back, and guess what? She's I know, still she's there. still there. I was like, are you kidding me? Yes. <laughs> You're the only one I wanted dead. She never looked better then, did she? I know. <laughs> Major improvement. <laughs> now, I know I know the girl who plays uh, Moira. I've known her for years, and what was funny is uh, playing that game, my guys were still young and 
they don't care that I, you know, that dad does a bunch of video game voices. Uh, I would hear them in the back. Um, the guards would come out and try to arrest them. And the next thing you know, the uh, dad's getting chopped up to pieces in the back room. They're killing dad, you know. Um, I'm, I'm pretty certain that if the Melendez brothers' uh, parents had been in a video game, they might be alive today. They get a lot of frustration out that way. But... <laughs> Um, they didn't care that I do this. They're not impressed with that at all. However, when I got Moira Brown to call and leave a message for them on their phone, that was something, you know. Uh, it wasn't just dad. It's not. Yeah. No, they, they're they like, eh, forget about you, dad. Oh, those other people you're hanging out with, though, they're pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I don't know why I, my I, kids are suddenly talking like they're out of Brooklyn. <laughs> you're pretty cool there, old man. <laughs> uh, so, so I'm sure the same thing happens to you, though. Do you get recognized in public? Do or, or do your voice at like a convention? When well, you I also to do announcing. I do announcing uh, the arena announcing for Washington Capitals, and I've done oh. that for like the past 20 years. I've even got a really lovely Stanley Cup ring, a real one, and uh, you know, so the people who follow the Capitals will recognize me sometimes in public, and then my family all walks the other way. <laughs> uh, I used to do radio before that. I was on a morning show around town in uh, D.C. I worked with Wolfman Jack for a couple of years. Oh, wow. Uh, back, I, I, did, I was on the air for a while. I was Wild West back when my hair was a little longer and I had a motorcycle and uh, uh, just gotten together with my wife. And we were out after a show. And these two young girls with stars in their eyes come up and they go, Oh, my God, it's Wild West. And my wife sees them come up, and they're all jumping up and down. She goes, yeah, I've seen them pooping. And oh, the starry God. eye, the starry look just fled from their eyes as quick as you can say, oh, my God. Oh, and wow. I, at first, I was a little embarrassed, but then later I thought, well, that was particularly brilliant. Yeah. That's, he's just a human, just like the rest of us. She was she was ready for that to not happen that evening and to move on and have a nice evening. And they they gave us our space then. It's like, you know, if you get starstruck, don't worry about it. Everybody poops, right? Even George <laughs> Clooney. Poops. George Clooney has been known to wish that he had brought along the poopery when he's walked out of a restroom or something like that. It's like, well, <laughs> the poopery. <clears throat> I got to tell you, that sure didn't smell like the sexiest man alive. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, no, no, and you, you can't think, be sexy uh, all the time. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get a cease and desist now from his lawyers. Mr. Clooney yeah. does not defecate. <laughs> he has been known not to. Do you think uh, <laughs> it's interesting getting a, a start in, in radio? Um, I think voice acting uh, is... It, it requires, I, I guess, a certain... Well, it's acting, uh, for one thing. The voice is, is beside the thing. I started off as an actor and a stand-up comic and a sketch comedian and then moved that into radio. And then from radio, I started doing other things. I got cast. In other, but voice acting in and of itself, it's the acting part of it. You don't necessarily have to have character voices. And the people who focus too much on the character side of it and forget that you're telling a story that has to bring people in and, 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 and they're just doing a silly voice, well, then that in and of itself can break the immersion. And that, to me, is a crime. Do you think yeah, that... It doesn't uh, feel authentic when it comes across like that. Yeah. 
Do you think uh, it's harder to to act and engage on stage or doing stand up than it is with voice acting? Or do you think voice acting is is harder than physical mm-hmm. acting? Well, no, they're all they're just different. Film acting is smaller and it's internal, and a raise of an eyebrow or just a look can be seen by the camera and can end up being huge. On stage, you have to make it much bigger to be seen from the crowd and to get that across. And voice acting, in a way, is kind of in between there. It's right between those. You have to make some things a little bit large. You know, you, 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 so the, the, the characterization and the, and the visualizations were a little stiff. However, you need to imply your movement imply the sound you know if you're going to be swinging the sword the grunt the windedness the uh the air that you bring into a conversation when someone is speaking they don't just run off the words and that's the end of it there's a pause there's a breath there's there's a little thinking all of these things you bring into the video game uh that necessarily would not that might be a little larger than what you would do for camera but wouldn't be nearly as large as you would do for stage. So they're all very different. Now, what's what can be exhausting is on stage, you do a play, and you're on stage for about an hour and a half, maybe two hours. And you're not on stage the entire time. In a film, you're filming small little bits here or there. Uh, stand-up, at the most, you're doing like an hour set. You know, Sometimes you're up there 15, 20 minutes. Uh, voice acting, a four-hour session where they come in and hand you like a, a ream of papers that looks like a phone book and you're doing every possible combination of line that this person could say so that the AI will kick in and react to whatever you're doing. Um, that's a four-hour performance. So that in of itself can be exhausting, especially when you finish it with all the different deaths. Okay, this time you're covered in molten lava, but you're also being bitten by iguanas. Go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> On the previous interview, we asked how many chickens it would take to kill an elephant. Ooh, that just one, made me think one about that. with one? a tremendously sized gun. <laughs> Chicken, that's a really good shot. Yeah, <laughs> just pulls out a shotgun. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, so, the elephants, the elephants are translate what they say, hearing them go. Look out! He's got a gun, or he's got a knife, or a broken <laughs> beer bottle. You know, <laughs> elephants are on the lookout for chicken, and, and again, mice. Mice have been known to carry switchblades. That's why they're afraid. <laughs> I feel like yeah. this is a Far Side comic in the making. <laughs> <laughs> really sinister-looking chicken. <laughs> yeah, aiming at a, an elephant. Um, <laughs> so uh, you've done so many, so many different roles so many different characters in these games is there other aside from ESO in general is there a role that you were gunning for that you were just like oh, I wish I, I had gotten that well I would have liked to have done uh, Parthenax but I mean you know Charles Martinet did such a great job with it oh, um, Parthenax. you know yeah, it's amazing and, that he does Mario oh yeah but, but the thing is I, I've met Charles and, and he can do all sorts of different things but he'll drop that Mario in a hat man you know <laughs> Yeah, you're talking is like it's a Mario. It's like okay, it's you know, yeah. he, no, he's 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 great. He's great with the fans. Um, I would have liked. to, I mean, some of the roles in especially Oblivion, I played a number of the roles. I voiced a number of them, and then they'd bring other people in and they mixed it up. Like uh, I was Mark. Mm. Uh, I played Joffrey. I did uh, Vincent Valtieri. 
and they decided Vincent Valtieri, you know, uh, Ralph Kosham also voiced Lucy and Lachance. And those 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 uh, voices are out there somewhere. Uh, I loved Ralph Kosham, by the way. I could listen to Ralph Kosham. I'm so sorry that he's gone. He was uh, uh, a hero of mine. I, he was lovely, lovely. Um, but as far as, you know, roles that I did finally get to play a dragon in Blades. That was fun. It, that comes around. Other games that I would have liked to have done, I wanted to be in Red Dead Redemption. Ah, I played that one yeah, to death. That see. would be fun to do. You got a, you got a good cowboy it. voice? Well, if you want to do <laughs> yes. something like that, bring it on. So I like to play with voices as well. And uh, one that I've, I call the old prospector is one of my favorites. And I go, well, shucky dang darn. <laughs> well, I did serve an old prospectory thing with some of the, uh, uh, the beggars in one of the games. Although what happened was they had us do the beggar voice, but there weren't enough voices in the background. It, it, it defaulted to the regular, like Imperial voice along the way. But I think people are wonderful because they come up with their own ideas and they go, well, why that is? Like, oh, right. why is that? Because all of the beggars are really spies for the imperial government. It's like, okay. Well, all right. I'll yeah. buy that. Okay. That's perfect. Cannon. Sure. Well, yeah. Let's go with that. I think you're correct. I'm sure there are a lot of people listening to this who love these games and love the characters and would love kind of like I joked in the beginning but just even getting into voice acting what would be your recommendation for a pathway into that I would say uh, first of all go to D. Bradley Baker's website it's a must read D. Bradley Baker great voiceover actor and he's done a service to everybody uh, people breaking in people who are already in but it's called I want to be a voice actor.com check that out all the information you ever want to do about breaking into the business building your own home studio it's all right there and um i would suggest that i'd suggest getting out your phone and recording your voice doing some things and letting it sit for a day or two come back and listen to it and if you believe it 100 percent, then you're doing great but the fact of the matter is you're going to listen to it and go ah, i'm not quite there and you're going to keep honing it keep practicing keep recording you know all of us have the time where we had recorders when we're growing up and we're building our own little radio shows and radio programs you know and i'm no different i used to do that all the time and it it, it ended up paying off all the i used to, I, I did a daily comic strip for the washington times so all the times that my teacher said wes should stop drawing cartoons on his papers it'll never mount anything there we go for that you know <laughs> wes has got all these characters in his head he needs to some other things well look at this ha ha yeah. <coughs> my yeah. dr- my it's thing is the... <clears throat> follow your dream follow your heart but let your head give you directions do you think um it's interesting now because uh podcasting and specifically storytelling podcasting is bringing back kind of what is a, a second generation of the golden age of radio in a different it format. Is. It you, is. There's some, like, I got into podcasting from listening to the No Sleep podcast and Limetown and the Black Tapes that had these really rich stories with sound and really amazing voice actors. And it's, it's an interesting time to get into voice acting, even in a podcasting format. Well, I mean, like you said, it is kind of like uh, the new frontier in regard to radio. Uh, Mel Blank used to be in there. Have you ever read Mel Blank's autobiography? That's not all, folks. 
No. no. It's wonderful. And it, it, he did a service to all voice actors when he went in and he was trying to get a raise. And they said, we won't give you any additional money. He said, well, would you give me a voice credit? In the movies, they said, fine, that's not going to cost us a thing. Smartest thing he ever did, because people suddenly realized vocal characterization by Mel Blanc. And he started getting work in radio, and tons of work in radio. And everybody was calling him. He'd go from one studio to the next to the next in the golden age of radio, and was never out of work. Um, I would have loved to have lived during that era. I did get to see his grave out in L.A. when I was out there. It's at the Hollywood Cemetery. And I walked up to it, and it says, that's all, folks, on it. And oh. I was talking to him, and I brought a rose I'd been given at a show the night before, and I put it down in front of his grave, and I said, you know, Mel, I, I, I'm indebted to you. I really am. Everything you've ever done, I, I wanted to be you. I wonder if you were here today, what you might say to me. And at that point, right outside the cemetery, a novelty car horn goes off and goes... And all the goose flesh raises up on my arms. I'm like, thanks, Mel. Good talking with you. Take care. Have a good day. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, all right. A, yeah. 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 Uh, for so, anybody who's, who's not familiar, uh, he was the voice of like so many different cartoon characters, Looney Tunes, all sorts Bugs of things. Bunny, yeah. any of the Looney Tunes. Uh, eventually, yeah. he, even the ones he wasn't originally, he ended up taking over as uh, time went on. Uh, he was Barney Rubble. The Flintstones, mm-hmm. um, Mel Blanc uh, was he was uh, uh, what was the robot in uh, in Buck Rogers? Oh, um, he was Astro the mm-hmm. dog. Yeah, he was in oh, everything. Oh yeah, Astro. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, I got to tell you, it's it's there. There are so many places. The acting is the way to go with most of these. Though, you want to be a voice actor, be an actor. I've worked in film. I've worked on stage. I've worked uh, with uh, radio, and the thing is, work will always beget work. Uh, I was telling you guys before I did the John Waters move, where I was uh, a biker by the name of Fat Fuck Frank, uh, <laughs> and and Selma Blair was my girlfriend in an NC-17 film. Like that'll ever happen. And it was a great <laughs> I time. I have to go find that now. I've never seen that movie. It's I called a Dirty it. Shame. Yeah, a Dirty Shame. Well, if you get the, you got to get the NC-17 version because. <laughs> The R version, the neutered edition, is not nearly as funny. And on the uh, the full version, there's a documentary on the back called All the Dirt on a Dirty Shame, which is a very funny documentary. Um, but, I mean, yeah, these all of are it ridiculous. is acting. <laughs> I'm looking at them right now. Go, go ahead. So take, take acting lessons. Don't necessarily take voice lessons. Take acting lessons. Yeah, yeah because uh, you... you you get the timing down. I think, uh, like I started acting in, in high school, uh, and then yeah. doing some improv stuff and, um, doing voice acting. Now you, you learn the pacing and inflection and you can kind of personify the emotion in the moment to convey that through sound alone. Um, right. Being denied, yep. uh, being able to do something physical. Well, yeah, and, and you infer a lot. Your voice will infer a lot. Uh, you can say a line straight through, but you're missing so many things because take a look at Shakespeare. Shakespeare is done in Potomac verse. Uh, well, I messed that up. But anyway, you know, Shakespeare is done in verse. And sometimes it doesn't necessarily, as you're reading it, tell you what you need to know for the story's sake. But a good actor gets a hold of it. 
and they're telling the story the words are not nearly as important sometimes as the inflection as what you're hearing behind the words uh, have you ever seen a person in a show where they say one thing and you know immediately they're talking about something else that's yeah. the best that's acting and that's where you know it isn't just the words on a page but i gotta tell you it starts with the words on a page so you know all the guys who wrote or Shea Gorath, they deserve all the credit in the The guys who created and wrote, uh, um, guys like Emil Pagliarillo and uh, Brian and, and, and all those guys who wrote those things, uh, Fred, that put these, these, these words to paper and create these characters, that's as much a part of the creation of the character as the voice acting is, but you have to bring your side of the contribution. That's why you bring words to life you have to bring them to life they have to be said as if it's coming out of your mouth the first time you have to understand what the meaning of the words is what does it mean to me that i'm saying this what are the emotions behind you know and if you're not saying that in your read well you failed the story you failed the writer you failed the listener so there's a lot of responsibility in that and doing a character voice if you're doing a character voice make sure that a again it's believable and it doesn't take you out i'd rather somebody not do a character voice and give me good acting as opposed to doing a character voice and all there is is character it's a stick yeah, Have, yeah. has there ever feels, been it, uh oh sorry go Sam, go ahead i was gonna say it feels hollow when there's no actual yeah. emotion and acting underneath it well it, be, it becomes shallow it becomes it's like a cipher you know yeah and you has don't there, you know has, has there there been a has there ever been a situation where where you have a strong impression of what the character is or would say that you've gone to the director whether it's a game or anything else and and suggested something alternatively um whether it's something they say or maybe doing it a little differently than what they intended sometimes yeah and it depends upon the director and it depends upon you know how married they are to the things but there's some who say okay do that's great it's an interesting idea give it to me the way that it's written and then give it to me your way and sometimes they go with your way but your job isn't to be the writer uh right. i will say that with shea gorath and with um recently i came back and did the um um what was it the the, the gray fox and the gray fox had certain catchphrases and certain ways he would say things and in the new writing it wasn't there and i said may i add some of these little things here that make him more the gray fox and they said sure you know mm. other times you don't have to do that other times it's all right there shea gorath uh, in shivering isles was a brilliant piece of writing all of that is there all of that and it's amazing what people grab a hold of the cheese line is just a small once-off toss off kind of line half the things Shea Gorath says are toss off lines and and to some people it's it resonates with the becomes such a part of the character that it, it becomes you know a memification of it you know right everything's about cheese now <laughs> yes it is any <laughs> yeah. you know the day that that uh Shea Gorath becomes lactose intolerance will be a very sad day to oh, poor guy but you I know came, that's just came... as good if you don't like cheese right <laughs> I came late to the party, so I only started uh, playing the Elder Scrolls with Skyrim. But being in the mind of, of Pelagius 
uh, and being introduced mm-hmm. to the character was so memorable. Uh, that character, the voice stands out so distinctly from any other voice I had heard in that world. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I love him. He's a, he's, he's like, uh, a baby. I mean, of mine. And, and again, th- that I had a chance to spend the time to help, cr- you know, create who he was and the idea when Todd first listened to it and they went back and listened, it was so different than what they'd originally imagined that he wasn't sure he liked it at first, but then he kept saying, but uh, the more I listened to it, the more it's growing on me and they went with it. And I'm glad that they did. It was, uh, you know, Lucy and the chance also is one of those things where Lucy and the chance is not an Imperial name. And yet I was playing the Imperials. That's why you had Ralph Kasham, but Ralph Kasham, I can't imagine anybody else playing Vincent Valtieri. Can you? Mm. He was so good as Vincent Valtieri, and his Vincent Valtieri would have sounded very similar to Lucy and Lachance. Yeah. But Lucy and Lachance didn't sound similar to the uh, Imperials. He was a different kind of thing. And um, you never can tell what's going to happen. You, you can lay down a number of different voices, but until they put them in the game and see how they play and how they sound and how it works then you don't know whether it's actually going to be there or not and to me when i first play a game and i hear my characters come up i want to see how they work and fit into the scene right um yeah. in skyrim did you the uh the emperor oh yes oh yeah well totally that was me and i don't <laughs> mind you i don't mind you killing me I only don't like it if you kill me before you let me speak. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure. I, I'm pretty sure I went through all the dialogue in order to to catch it all, and then. Were yes. you able? To, did you did you avenge him as he requested? Oh man, it's been years. Did I? This is one of those things that in the middle of the night I'm going to wake up and be like, "Oh yes, I remember that now." Um, Tell me, you went back and got payback for me against Alex. I think I did. Brand. I think I did. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. I was like, at that point, I was like, well, if I'm going to kill the emperor, I might as well just, yeah, <laughs> yes. I wanted people when they killed him, if they listened to him, to talk to him for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. You kind of feel bad about having to do it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. There's and definitely as the Dark Brotherhood mm-hmm. quest. I think that's kind of rare. You really yes. feel bad about the people you have to kill, you know? Right, right. You're supposed to be just this agent of, you know, ending. <laughs> Sit this. Uh, the whole. The whole yeah. Dark Brotherhood was so creepy with the <laughs> the original oh. Dark Brotherhood with uh, that Emil Pagliarello wrote was wonderful. So what, what was that one? That was uh, Oblivion. That was yes, okay, yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. I, I do prefer the Oblivion Dark Brotherhood storyline to the one in Skyrim. I, I enjoy both, but you know that's you know, and you interact with Lucian and all that. So. Yeah, but then when you have to go through and they give you the uh, cleansing ritual, I felt bad about that because you get close, and especially with Vincent Valtieri, mm-hmm. you end up getting close to these characters, and it's like, you must do this, dear child of Sithis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, those those line, that's those stories get dark, and then they just keep getting darker. And there's yeah. something about that that I I really enjoy in a good. Uh, a storyline, whether it's a TV series or something, when when it gets to the point where you're like, "Ah, oh, man, this is about as dark as it's going to get," and all of a sudden they just ramp it up again, and you're like, "Oh, yeah, it can go further." Okay, yeah, you know, I love the fact that there are people who play and try to play a straight game all the way through, and yet 
if they go through the arena and they end up having to kill the uh, grand champion, they uh, get a visit from Lucian then. Oh, yeah. that He'll wake you up then. Huh, but that's I, didn't, a, I didn't realize that. That's a very creepy moment in the game, though, isn't it? You oh, don't yes. expect to be woken up. Yes. my um, And I've, I've noted this on my shows before. My first uh, Elder Scrolls game was Oblivion. I dabbled a little bit more, but never really could grab onto it. It was too crazy and foreign at the time for me. Um, but Oblivion did that thing where you feel like you're absorbed into this world. And because I wasn't very familiar with the Elder Scrolls world yet, I was able to be immersed in it in a sense of like, well, I don't know what's going to happen when I do these things. And then when, you know, somebody shows up and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I murdered somebody and now I'm this is happening. Or when when you turn into a vampire and you're like, I'm getting these crazy weird dreams and I have some sort of disease, but I don't know what that means. Um, Yeah, that stuff uh, really grabs me. Yeah, there's there's no uh, no penicillin in the game. (laughs) No, no penicillin. So I don't want to keep you too long. I know you stumbled in here and were looking for a party. Well, I mean, and... the, the the suit's not getting any less stinky. Uh, <laughs> so uh, let's well let's wrap up our conversation. I I don't want you to spoil any NDAs or anything. I don't want to get you in trouble. Do you, are there any roles coming up that you're excited about that you can tell us about? Well, I'm excited to know that there are games that are being done. Nothing that I know role wise. The thing is when they when you create. The games, the the voices, some of the last things that happen, everything else is almost ready to go. So they bring the voice actors in last. And uh, so, you know, I just sit back and wait for the calls. I've, I've had a chance to do some things for Legends and do some things for Blades, and that's always lovely. And I've been doing, continuing to add voices for uh, Fallout 76, uh, yeah. which is terrific. And, of course, you've got the whole new uh, expansion coming out. And uh, I would suggest that you go out and get that. I, here's the thing about Fallout 76. It's continuing to grow and continuing to change. And uh, it's going to be to the point where people are going to be happy to play it. And if you do happen to see me in the game, don't kill me and steal my stuff. Leave me be. <laughs> well, Ken, Ken happens to be in the, uh, the beta trial or whatever, whatever it's called. Uh, so he may have already encountered you. <laughs> have you, have you run into Mr. Mr. Fluffy was one I did earlier, one of the protectrons that I like. He's a little different. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. This attitude. I love Mr. Fluffy. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and playing the protectrons has been something that, that, you know, they get programmed and they go across all the games, and I love being able to do that. I, I really, uh, that to me, when I first started doing it, was a very science fiction y kind of thing because it goes back to like, Forbidden Planet, uh, Robbie the Robot oh, yeah, totally. kind of thing, you know. Yeah, and I just—it it makes me very happy. And I've gotten to the point now where I can fall into the rhythm of the speech, and uh, they don't modulate it more as much as you would think. A lot of that is my pattern as I'm reading it, you know. Mm-hmm. Could you do yeah. one? Just <laughs> <laughs> welcome to Appalachia partner <laughs> yes <laughs> that's I awesome i am mr fluffy <laughs> could you say uh this is the fallout hub <laughs> okay here we go <laughs> this is the fallout hub awesome i'm, I'm putting that as my ringtone <laughs> <laughs> awesome 
Oh, that's awesome. I have well, about this to give you one. Hey, how you doing? This is Mo Cronin. And you listen to the Fallout Hub, or I'm coming after you with a swatter. You know, the kind with either the barbed wire or the spikes, but it's it's a good one. It's it's great hickory. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. It's a great hickory. <laughs> or uh, then you can do one It's like, uh, I need you to follow justice and listen to the Fallout Hub. I do. As does the mistress of mystery. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, good times. Um, well, I don't want to don't want to keep you too long. Uh, I know you're looking for the party, and yeah, yeah. Well, there's uh, a Mardi Gras thing that was going on, and uh, you know, I don't know whether or not I'm gonna. I might have to, to peel out of the super mutant thing, just put on a baseball cap, carry a swatter, and pretend I'm Mo. Yeah, well, there you go. There you go. Well, <laughs> or, or if I'm tired enough, I'll just be Scrub Bigsley, which <laughs> which is actually the closest to my own voice. Just Really exhausted and irritated than any of the others. Mm. Mm-hmm. I hear it. <laughs> Have you been playing seventy six? Yeah, I, I, I've I haven't played it actually in a few weeks, uh, but I have it and I, I have played it and uh, I've jumped in. The last time I went in, uh, I got bumped out, and I as I tried to go back in again, uh, somebody uh, immediately I came up and I, I showed up and suddenly it's like. You need to eat or and drink. So I'm sitting there eating and drinking. And those big <laughs> guy comes up and tacks me and steals my stuff. It was just, oh, I no. want to find these people. And once I was talking to the uh, Protectrons, trying to uh, shop with them. But what I was really doing was listening to the interaction, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I'm the Protectron. So I'm listening to the interaction. Now it goes, and there's some guy behind me in power armor. We keep shooting around the wall because he wants me to get out of the way because he wants to get in there ahead of me. And it's like, you know, stop being a dick, man. I'm talking to myself. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, I've, Stop I've getting in to... the middle of my own conversation. <laughs> I'm trying to critique so, myself. God, did you, uh, do you know who did Graham? I thought you may have done Graham in Fallout 76, but he wasn't, he's not credited anywhere. So I didn't know if it was you or somebody else. I don't know if it was me. Uh, there was one character I did. What does he do? Oh, crap. i got to make the room. Hold on. Uh, Graham is... Uh, he walks around with Callie Moon. He's uh, he's in Fallout 76. He's a super mutant vendor. So he's oh, the only no. one. So I didn't do that one. And I'm not sure if Sean oh, okay. did either. Yeah, I was curious to see if that was you. but uh... No, I did... Uh, mostly in Fallout 76, I've done mostly the protectrons i did do a human guy at one point that was on a um hollow tape but from what i understand that didn't necessarily make it final those are my that take a look at this that's my i'm sending you a picture that's my wabba jack and my uh staff ship board leaning up against the wall oh, oh yeah. look at that yeah i discovered i was walking magfest with that and you would think that if you're walking around with a pointy stick with an eyeball on the end, people would get out of your way. But they weren't. <laughs> they were just kept walking. And these four guys walking down a hallway. Um, oh, this is good. This is good. I took a picture with this one guy at a con. 
recently, and he was dressed up as the uh, uh, the Zoom rapping oh, version of Shao. Oh, nice! I let him hold my uh, my uh, your stick. <laughs> I let him hold my stick. I think there might have been a better term, but sure. There's Dave. Hi, Dave. Hey, Dave. Wes, how are you? Thank you for coming on. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's been my honor and pleasure. Well, well, thank we, you. I'm glad to have a fellow a fellow Caps fan here. We got to represent. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I, I do, I'm not wearing my Caps ring right now, but uh, it's it, it took me 18 years to get it. I'm pretty happy with it. <laughs> I'm glad you got to jump in here. Ken and I were like, oh, my God, Dave's going to kick himself. Oh, this picture I'm sitting here. I have a swatter at home and my water jack. <laughs> that, now, that is a mad God that you do not want to mess with. <laughs> so that may be a shot you want to use. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I'm going to use that one. That's, that's a good. fantastic one. I don't know if they asked you this question. They may have already had. Um, so the difference is, like, you, you've you obviously, like, d- done the fantasy stuff. But when you're looking into, um, like, characters, and you've done a wide array, I've looked it up, um, of characters in a bunch of the Fallout games. When it comes to, like, local dialects or, or accents from mm-hmm. that perspective, how much do you dive into that from it's because it's. Like, from my perspective, it's easy to kind of be over the top, whereas, like, you finding that middle ground, how do you find well, it? Well, you have to make it sound natural, you know? You have to make it sound natural. And uh, for me, I, like with Shea Gorath, I based uh, two sides of his uh, personality, one on Billy Connolly and the other on Tom Stack, the guy who owns the Irish Channel in uh, D.C., and he's from lovely Cork, Ireland. And... Uh, I'll tell you this little story about Tom, and it's it's any, it's basically about any owner of an Irish pub. All right, good advice for you here. Now Tom comes to me and he goes, "Wes, understand that you love the Macallan, and and it's fine. I love it. It's great. However, there's the thing. It's 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 called Red Breast. It's twelve years old. Now it's a blended whiskey. It's not the the single malt, but you'll find." that it's just as smooth as the Macallan, and you'll find that it's even a little less expensive, but just as good. I don't know about that, Tom. I'm like, I don't know. Hold on a moment. Set us up a few. So they bring them out, and they set up a few shots of the red breast. So I take a shot of the red breast, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, that's good. But I don't say that. What I say is, I don't know, Tom. I... You know, it's 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 nice, but it's no mechanic. Before I give you guys, bring us two more. Bring us two more. We need two more over here. Oh, you're going to try it again. You're going to try it again. You're going to find that it's lovely. Come here. Bring it on over. So we take that and we try the additional couple of shots. And I'm going, eh, I don't know. We'll to make a, story, a long story a little shorter. It took at least three shots before I admitted to him how good it was. <laughs> Never admit to a man who owns a pub who's buying you a drink that what he's giving <laughs> you is the best thing you've ever tasted, not at first. Hedge your bets a little bit. So 
when you talk to Tom Stack and I listen to him and I listen to his voice and you try to you, you, you work with them over different periods of time if you have someone like that to base a part of it on or a Billy Connolly to base the other on when you're going Scottish and then you go back and forth between the two of them you know what I'm saying because he's crazy you know if you're, you're able to do that that's great but sometimes the accents are hard to find these days you can go online there are people who put accents up online you can go listen to things anywhere it's so much easier than it used to be before the advent of the internet but definitely get yourself something record it listen to it and if you don't convince yourself try it again that was one of the things i was saying to you guys you do a voice you record it and you let it sit for a day so when, when you play it back, you're not immediately listening to what you just did. You're listening to it with a more objective ear. And if it's not perfect, why? What's it missing? Sometimes you need to go very much farther than you felt was comfortable in certain vowels or, you know, cutting something a little short. A lot of it is the rhythm. It's the rhythm of a speech, not necessarily the sound of the speech. The rhythms are different. So, so there's kind of like a, a musicality to it. That's absolutely a musicality. That's crazy to think. About. And, the, and and listen, it's the same thing with music through different regions, right? Different regions, the music is different. The rhythms are different. There, that's why you've got salsa. That's why you've got uh, jazz. That's why you've got uh, rap. You've got big. They're all different. And in order, when you hear somebody coming out and trying to do rap who's never done rap before, well, you know, don't you? It sounds foreign, yeah. Well, it right. sounds it sounds amateurish. It sounds it doesn't sound authentic, right? And you want them to buy you doing it. <coughs> you practice, and you and you become your own worst critic. Sometimes, with video game voice acting, they bring you in and they give you something right away, and you have to fall back on things you know because uh, improvisation. You're talking about improvisation earlier. Mm -hmm. You grab something, and then you try to stick with it and stay consistent with it because you're making up characters on the spot. And you're probably going off of less information than you would mm -hmm. um, another kind of project. The writer may not be there in the room. Right. Sometimes they are. Sometimes they are not. I have a background in a little bit of the anthropology, and so I went to Virginia Tech, which I'm sure that most of the people that live up in the D.C. area are either Virginia Tech, UVA, or, yeah. or um, Maryland. <laughs> so it, we did. So you get your you get your, you get your capitals uh, love on. You're saying right, <laughs> right. <laughs> well, guys, this has been really, really cool. Yeah, it has been. I'm I'm grateful to to do this with you guys and thanks for asking them at uh, Bethesda to do it. Yeah, there's been uh, more recently. There's there's been a real change in the air. Um, it's unusual for a company this size to to connect with content creators. Um, yeah, but but to be able to 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 connect with people at a very high level uh, is something new. So it's it's kind of cool to be able to do stuff like this. Yeah, we're excited. We're we're hoping that this continues and that we, you know, I mean, the reason why we do our shows is because we love these games, you know, the same way you do. Oh and, yeah, and the people well, who I've make done them some stuff I didn't even stuff. mention in there. Uh, I've, I've I've done some stuff with people uh, for charity. Uh, oh, yeah. I've been able to, and Bethesda's been behind it. You know, they said, yeah, go ahead as long as 
charity go right ahead and i did some things for shoddy cast and uh oh, cool. oh yeah. i love the shoddy cast yeah i'm, I'm Jeff trying and I to surprise our uh shea gorath and haskell characters for it i've been oh, wow. trying to to track uh, him down because i I'd, I'd love to interview him the videos that he did back in the day telling his stories oh yeah um, are amazing they're very nice people and and the lefave brothers that did some stuff with them they actually got me to do uh you know those are the guys who were running around originally doing the uh uh skyrim and oblivion kind of voices and tending to be me basically mm-hmm. and um they had me do a voice for one of their first live action like character driven things oblivion in real life so i did a voice for it i was like the voice of the uh speak over the speaker at a little convenience store and then they asked me if I'd do something live so they came to me came down flew to DC uh, one winter went out found a place in the woods that would match the woods that they were doing and I actually did a filmed a scene with them and all of this was approved by Bethesda and I did it for Alzheimer's Association Wow yeah I've been thinking about things that we can do as a podcast network uh, maybe like an annual fundraiser um, for some sort of cause and maybe something video game focused um, and have all the different shows pull money in uh, you know that might be fun to I don't know if, if you'd mind being reached out to again if maybe we could raise enough money to get if you on as a guest or something yeah if there's ever if there's ever something you're doing and some for charity you let me know okay yeah we'll I'm do more than happy to help as long as it's always yeah as long as it's approved by Bethesda we're good to go Awesome. Yeah. I'll, yeah, we'll think on that. I'm sure we'll come up with something, but we'll, we'll be in touch. Well, guys, you have a great evening. I'm going to fold up the tent. I got to get out of here first thing tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, uh, we're going, we're going on the, like I said, the high seas. And of course next year, uh, we're going to do it again. So if you guys want to come out and cool. ride on where the boat it, for five days. Where does it sail out of? This year it's out of Galveston, Texas. Next year it's going to go out of Orlando. Oh, oh, next oh, year, it's right. I'm right in your backyard. Yeah, yeah. that's it's next, the, I know next the port year we're that going to the Bahamas. Yeah, it's it's on the other, it's on the, what we call the Space Coast. Um, so it's like a two hour drive from here. Like, you could totally just drive and get on the boat. Yeah, 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 though, you would, you would love it. And, and, you know, really for something like around 300 bucks, you get a cabin, you get all the food, entire week, and it's just amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that sounds great. It's the perfect year time of year for it too, because the summer gets so hot. But in the winter, it's just nice. Oh yeah, it's just yeah. Awesome last year out. when we went, we went to the Bahamas last year. So last year was my first year on it, and we went to the Bahamas, and it was like nine degrees below zero oh, man. outside. Uh, back in DC when we left, and everybody was freezing their butt off, and I'm like down in ninety degree <laughs> weather, right. sipping. Uh, sipping drinks uh, frozen rum drinks out of uh, pineapples Bahama Mamas yep, yep. Yeah, people were like you we, son of a bitch son of a bitch <laughs> yeah we were in Jamaica in, in November and it was much like that where they were already paying like Christmas curls at the bar yeah and it was 16 degrees in Charleston it's just beautiful it was beautiful now next year when mm-hmm. we go back we back there was a restaurant too and it's in the fish fry area. And it's called O Andres. And the food portions are huge. 
they have like they'll bring you you order the snapper they bring two large fried uh red snappers you get uh, plantains you get um uh they're, they're the fried plantains there are the uh caught um mac and cheese which is just like cheesy to, so cheesy to die for uh and death by cheese yeah it sounds like something by- shagorth would be into <laughs> so, until he becomes lactose intolerant indeed <laughs> right <laughs> but uh it was it was really great they also had the uh tropical conch salad down there and we went we we ended up getting a guy who drove us around everywhere and he was terrific and uh, the whole place was just wonderful and we really had a good time so if you guys decide to come down and everybody just hangs it's not like i mean we did do a voice of blues and there a couple panels uh there was like karaoke late night and you're out there with all these different voice actors you know doing karaoke but the thing is we were all just palling around you know so if you ever go to a convention and you're like i didn't really get a chance to hang out with anybody this is different this is way different yeah it sounds like a lot of time to just chill this is going on my bucket list yeah <laughs> that sounds, yeah that sounds amazing <laughs> yeah i'm following the twitter <laughs> so yeah and john and john's john's hysterical john and i are uh we get into a lot of trouble <laughs> don't throw anyone off the boat that's probably not a good idea oh no 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 they won't let you back on the boat then yeah we want to get back on the boat could you imagine putting that in your memoirs chapter 14 chapter 14 <laughs> Shogarath, uh, yep. Duke Duke and, uh, and a Denny's at 2am tossed me off a boat <laughs> I was at sea for three days before they fished me out yeah, that they would never find me again. Remember that guy? <laughs> it would be the best thing that ever happened to JB. <laughs> <laughs> so, if anybody wanted to follow you on social media or keep up with the stuff you're doing, what's the best way for them to? West Johnson Voice is my handle on uh, Twitter. Uh, if you look at me up on Instagram, it's just West Johnson, and uh, I am out and about and. We're, we're heading off to the high sea the next couple of days with uh, John St. John, who's uh, bringing, you know, Duke Nukem bringing his balls of seal to the uh, to the John Con <laughs> out there. So of course, speak. you're going to be out in salt water. They could get a bit rusty if he's not careful. <laughs> yeah, got to watch out for that. <laughs> Are you doing any, uh, any events coming up that people come see you? I will be at AwesomeCon in Washington, D.C. on uh, May the 1st through the 3rd. And so come by and check me out at the booth. We're going to be doing a Voice of Palooza panel there. We're doing one uh, Voice of Palooza panel, which is great. We do movies and old-time radio and uh, all sorts of things. We create a video game from scratch based on your suggestions. <coughs> We're doing that at NotCon. Over the next few days, we'll be doing that uh, this upcoming Wednesday out in the middle of international waters so we can break all sorts of laws. But we'll be doing it again where people can actually get to this time at uh, AwesomeCon. And there are others that will be happening after that, although I do know that if you do want to go to uh, see an AwesomeCon, I mean, a, a NotCon, it's going to change the name a little bit, but the, the, the Con at Sea with video game voice actors will be happening around this time again next year. 
So oh, maybe wow. you guys can come out and join us. Get a cabin. We'll swim with fishes. We'll snorkel. Then we'll go eat the same fishes. It'll be great. Wow. Do you know that's, when that's uh, awesome. tickets go on sale? Uh, in March 1st, they're going to make the announcement. Uh, the website for that is jsjnotcon.com, and that may change. So I'd go in there and sign up now just to get any information. And uh, AwesomeCon is uh, awesomecon.com, and that's going to be terrific. Speaking of uh, Doctor Who, Christopher Eccleston and uh, uh, Billy Piper are going to be there. Oh. I'm going to be very excited about that. And you know who else is going to be there? Uh, Michael J. Fox. Uh, Christopher Lloyd, Leah Thompson, and Tom Wilson are all going to be hanging out oh, together. That is awesome. Yeah, I mean, who, yeah. who wouldn't want to hang out with them, right? I got to meet uh, Sylvester McCoy. Is, is my second favorite. Uh, the he's seventh terrific. Doctors. He's a great, he's, guy, great actor. He's a lovely man, a really amazing man. Um, just a really great actor, and I got to meet him and hang with him for a little bit. Well, I know that uh, John Berriman's been at a number these awesome cons and if you've not seen john berriman who's captain jack in person buckle down uh batten down your hatches he's yeah john berriman is out of control. captain jack like that's not acting that's just no <laughs> that's who he is that's who he is i have a great picture with him and uh um uh david Tennant that we did there i got a great picture with uh, stan lee uh one year which i still Aww. love dearly and william shatner if you ever go online and look up the William Shatner School of Acting, back when I was heavier, we did the the William Shatner School. <laughs> My God, there's something on the wing. And <laughs> uh, I put it out online because it was on Funnier Die at first years ago, and I put it out on Twitter and I tagged William Shatner. And as soon as I sent it, I was suddenly like, "What have I done?" I was a little <laughs> afraid, and I got a message back from him that basically said sounds more like Catnip and had a little <laughs> smiley emoticon there, a winky emoticon and I thought, that's the best I could hope for. So, we went out one last story, we went out and I had my three sons with me and we went to see, get a photo taken with William Shatner, because I had given him some stuff from the Capitals for charity and uh, wanted to chat with him, but I said we're going to get, we're going to pay and get our picture taken with William Shatner. So we're as we're heading up to the booth you hear them go, ready, go! They take the picture. I said, guys, you hear that? Ready, go. As soon as they do that, just before they do that, I want you to assume there's a scene in the William Shatner School of Acting where he pulls the arms up and goes, you know, we're talking about, bang, oh, oh, and the arms go back and forth, angst, oh, oh, <laughs> and the usage of a bad toupee. And so, but with the arms up and everybody going, oh, I said, we're going to all assume the William Shatner School of Acting pose. <coughs> we go in, we're surrounding William Shatner, and suddenly they go, ready, go. We, oh, and we all our arms come up, they take the picture, William Shatner looks confused, <laughs> and as soon as that happens, he goes, huh, well, that's fine. So, <laughs> all right. <laughs> oh. A lovely memento. A lovely memento. That's funny. That's a good story. Well, thank you for uh, stumbling into our vault. Yeah, well, thank you uh, so much. I mean, Tim's <clears throat> Tim's vault. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, here's your here's your uh, your head. Your oh, head. 
thank you. And it's still sweaty inside. Lovely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wonderful to speak with you. No one bothers me when you're around. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, uh, That's Mr. Great. Fox. Right, bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. Have a good have a good evening. Enjoy your party. This is Robots, the creator of the Robots Radio Podcast Network and host of the two original shows on the network, the Fallout Lorecast and the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. These two shows have rocketed up the iTunes charts. They both together have over 155 star reviews in only a couple of months with bite-sized episodes that take you step-by-step through the background of the games and the game worlds. They're thought-provoking, well-produced, and a lot of fun. I recommend you go check them out at robotsradio.net or on any podcast, reader, podcatcher, whatever you use, iTunes, Spotify. Again, that's the Fallout Lorecast and the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, available everywhere. Hi, welcome to Three Count Thoughts. Let me introduce the crew real quick. Hi, I'm Maverick Stone. I'm Romer. And I'm Jaxus. Join us as we talk all things wrestling. Each week, we'll take a topic from the wrestling world, knock it around a bit, and then go over the week in wrestling from a strictly fan perspective. We can be found on all major podcast catchers. We can also be found at 3 Count Thoughts on both YouTube and Twitter. Or you can send us an email using... Three count thoughts at gmail.com. Okay, are you ready? Ring the bell. <laughs>